Lunch with Pippa Hudson. And now, Consumer Talk featuring Wendy Nola. And Wendy is with us in studio today for a real mixed goodie bag of topics. We are going to start with a story we we couldn't share with you last week because of the time running away from us. The mystery of the exploding (laughs) toilet in Somerset West. And then I think quite a funny case of a listener who misremembered Wendy's advice on product scanning at different prices between the shelf and the till and actually walked away in the black because of it. (laughs) Uh, Then we stepped in to help a listener whose 10,000 rand refund from an international airline just wasn't happening. We'll tell you what happened there. And as I promised, a tip for those of you who are desperately missing your Hellman's mayonnaise, I'm going to tell you where you can find some if you're interested. Before we do that, though, Wendy, the story of the toilet. Um, Look, we all know that the prolonged high-end load shedding is impacting water supply. It's causing all kinds of problems with our sewage infrastructure in Cape Town, uh, as listeners may know. And if you are somebody living in Somerset West or Cryfontaine or Simonstown and Hout Bay, you probably already know that water pumping is affected. And as a result, some of those areas are from time to time having to get used to experiencing low pressure or no water at all. But Wendy, what happened to one of our listeners in Somerset West was not to be expected, to say the least. No, um, as yeah, you say, it would be funny if it was in a cartoon, but not so much in real life. Mm. Um, this is what Lisa Ann Meesk of Divingit in Somerset West posted on the Somerset West community Facebook page, which is where I saw it yep. three weeks ago. She said, I recently got, I'm sorry, I nearly got concussion this morning from my toilet lid. She turns out she was returning, referring to the cistern lid. The top of the cistern, yes. so not the lid on the, no, the seat. No, which makes okay. more sense when you fit, when you... Think about how the the toilet works. Okay. Um, Our area didn't have water all day yesterday, and when it eventually came on and I flushed the loo, she told me later she waited 10 minutes, but that was the first use of the water she had, which was the problem. Okay. Uh, The top of the toilet lid flew up into the air with such force, just missing my face. Has anyone else experienced this after not having water all day? Incredibly dangerous. Absolutely. No one else came forward and said um, yes, or not when I looked. But um, some of the comments were, with the ongoing water issues with the dams not filling, there has been a hell of a lot of air in the pipes. Greg was talking about it last week, flushing the systems while trying to fill the dams. Um, Hope it doesn't happen to someone else. Someone says, um, we can assist, obviously, a plumber to inspect your drainage and install a vent valve on your sewer line. Okay, so... all quite confusing. But I thought, well, let me go to the city. They're, you know, on top of this... um, You know, I know I live in Somerset West, so I haven't had no water, but I've certainly had very low pressure uh, water for, for, you know, quite a few days. Anyway, and we I see the generator that's deployed to the gener to the reservoir to get the water pump back up to the top. Yeah, water, water. yeah. So I sent us a media query to the city of Cape Town asking whether this was indeed a problem in in uh, this area or others, um, and uh, you know causing the pipes to have air pockets in them, and asking whether this was possibly the reason for the explosive experience that Lisa Ann had. Um, are you aware of this phenomenon? And and most importantly, when we take up these cases, is what advice do you have for consumers? It's not just yeah, because wow, we, you know, yeah, it's it's not about the lid flaring, just yeah. quite dramatic. Well, it's it's potentially very dangerous yes. as well. I mean, that's, if you think about it, if that's a heavy pottery lid on a cistern, that causes it could huge be plastic. Injury. Depends if maybe it's build. plastic. Okay. Yes. But I mean, even even any kind of projectile object Flying landing in the wrong place. As she said, her, her, her injury. face, yeah. she could have broken her nose easily. Yeah. 
Okay. That amount of forces so how, at play. How did the city respond? So, un- unfortunately, it's been two weeks backwards and forwards, and I still don't have an answer to put it um, in a nutshell. But I have spoken to the plumber that fixed Lisa and uh, toilet, so I, we, we can we talk about that in a bit. But okay. the first response the city's that is was a cut and paste statement about load shedding's impact on water supply in some parts of the city. The challenge is that reservoirs are not able to fill up fast enough because of the prolonged period of load shedding, and I think it really becomes a problem with a four-hour outages, yeah. which thankfully we haven't had too many of lately. Touch wood quickly. This was a few yeah. weeks ago, yes. Um, and at the same time, you know, residents continuing to use a reasonable amount of water. Using less water will help deal with operational challenges, um, notably due to heavy load shedding. Um, while we are monitoring water supply operations and usage very closely, we need our residents to help us. I went back and said, thank you for that. It's very instructive, but didn't address the specific query at all. Um, of whether there are air pockets in the system that could potentially be causing this kind of exactly. explosive impact. Okay. So, right. So you went back saying a little more clarity. This is potentially a dangerous situation. Um, you did have some further correspondence with them, Wendy. What happened I next? Did. They sent me more emails asking for Lisa Ann's contact number and address. And um, last week, uh, Tuesday, she got a visit from two officials from the city's sewage department. Wrong department. I think we should mention, mentioned rather in passing that there, would, um, there was something going on with the sewage systems in her road and she wasn't sure at the, around whether that time whether it was that. related or it was simply okay. air in the pipes from, from the outage. So they, yes, nice response. Um, I deal with other municipalities and I can tell you that that nobody would have come for <laughs> quite a long time okay. as a result of that. But um, it, apparently those two chaps said, well, okay, we, it's nothing we can do. We'll report it to the right department. I've since in the last week had a few more exchanges with the city's media liaison division. Um, they have Lisa Ann's phone number, but apparently they want me to be the go-between. So the latest question I got yesterday was, please, can you ask the complainant when her water was off? Was there water in the toilet bowl or was the toilet bowl empty? Um, I was referring to water that is always present in your toilet bowl. Okay, so Lisa Ann's getting a bit... <laughs> she must be getting a little frustrated by this point. Yes, yeah. yeah, she says, I'm sure there must have been water in the toilet bowl because where would the water go to? It was hissing air coming out, not water. Okay. That's quite... So, so, I mean, it must be quite scary as well. Besides the shock of the, the, the part of the toilet shooting up into the air, to have it accompanied by... It hissing sound like yes. that. It must she have been she quite frightening. She flushed. Okay, yeah. So the water came on 10 minutes before... She waited. She waited. She hadn't flushed the toilet all day. She was careful to say she was. the contents could have been worse. Okay. <laughs> anyway, she, she flushed. And with that, there was obviously this pressure of a buildup of, of air, air pressure, pressure in the, somewhere in the, in the system. And yeah. she just heard this. The best way she could describe it was a hissing, whooshing noise. And with that, this... The cistern lid just shot Flew into the right air. off, which yeah. you can imagine would have been um, quite a shock. Um, and she says, luckily it missed my face. Um, and I was able to grab it before it smashed on the oh floor. Oh, my gosh. tells me it was plastic because I don't okay. know if I could wouldn't have, have been able to catch a, a, with a pottery one. one. Yeah. No. Yeah. Um, I don't want compensation from the city at all because I think it cost her. She had two things done by a plumber, but she she reckons the toilet part was a, around nine hundred rand. Okay. She said, "Don't the, the tap at the bottom was also that damaged on the way." A lot down of the mechanics yeah. was okay. was damaged by that pressure. She says, "I, I just want to to um, 
warn other people and get an explanation of what happened and what we can do to avoid it. Okay. So the plumber who fixed her toilet, Martin Rousseau of Lightning Plumbers, told me that air can roar out of the pipes like a beast, as he put it, <laughs> when there's been an outage and the water is suddenly available again. So that can be the water outage like we, we've been experiencing or some, some West residents have been experiencing or when there's a problem with the pipes and they come to repair them. We've okay. all heard that. I know I have. Um, that uh, that hissing sound and then the water it's come that kind of thing you know <laughs> so what he says is I had a very serious discussion with Martin is that um, when the water has been off and it now comes back again before you've flushed your toilet or do anything else release the pressure open both hot and cold water taps of your bath or of your shower and let it run until you're getting a nice continuous you'll hear the air the, the, the air pressure is you know escaping um, and then flush your toilet so he said what he thinks happened was that the toilet ball valve in the cistern yes um, was um, shot up with such a force because of that pressure coming through the pipes that it knocked Oh, in, the little, and that makes sense. That's all I was looking for. Is what happened How there. How did it actually happen to cause? It doesn't the lid help to that I was there. initially thinking it was the toilet lid uh, on the seat. On the seat, yes, the seat lid. But yeah, that makes sense. So that's the answer. Um, he also says if you're not home and they're walking, working on your pipe, switch your water mains off. I think he means obviously if you are at home, then before you leave, yeah. switch the mains off so that the, the air isn't allowed to build up in the pipes. And then, of course, to run those taps. But um, bottom line, if you forget to run the taps and there's been an outage for some time, um, or the pipes have been, you know, the municipality has been working on the pipes, um, if you hear a washing sound as you flush your toilet, stand, stand well back. Well back. Yes. Wow. Okay. Well, I'm really, really glad that Lisa Ann didn't get hurt. And as she said, I mean, nice of her to take the time to try and investigate and alert others to that possibility. Uh, Wendy, thanks for having the follow-up conversation with the plumber as well and passing on that advice. You're welcome. I, I had to get to the bottom of it some one way or the other. <laughs> we'll be back after this short break with uh, more consumer talk. 021-446-0567 if you'd like to comment. Uh, just before we go to the ads, a question has come in on the WhatsApp. Did the float valve blow out the, blow, blow out of the system as well? I think that's the bit you mean. That hit the top, Wendy. I um, wasn't told so. Um, okay. you it, it may have, sorry. Uh, uh, okay. But, so we're not sure on that, but the the, the, the Lisa piecing together, the likely she, outcome is that that I, float valve is what propelled the it lid. It propelled, the but air. I don't think yeah. it, it came out because Lisa Ann would have said, would have said so. so. I did yeah. ask her to join us because she, she describes all of this um, very eloquently, but she's very radio shy. Fair um, enough. So okay. I'm, I'm left to very poorly. <laughs> <laughs> Paraphrase it, but yes. thanks. We appreciate it. Cape Talk. Consumer Talk. WhatsApp on 072 well, just to take us to the news, a tip for those of you who are mourning the loss of Hellman's mayonnaise. Wendy, I'm sure your inbox must have had its share of complaining Absolutely. emails about that particular product disappearing. Um, okay, so a few people saying, I rarely use mayonnaise, but on occasion I do like it. So this is a perfect opportunity to learn how to make it for yourself. It absolutely is. And actually, it's not the most difficult thing in the world to make. I've done so successfully at home. And if I can do it, anybody can do it. So it is worth experimenting with. But having said that, if Hellman's was your go-to mayo and you're desperately missing it, I want to tip you off to one quite large solution, and it's a, a short-lived one. But remember we chatted to Go Hugo's online grocery platform a couple of weeks ago in our food segment? They do a lot of 
large size sort of um, catering, catering stock size, Wendy. And on their website, a little birdie told me you can buy a three and a half kilogram jar of Hellman's mayonnaise. It's going to cost you 490 Rand. And I would advise you to check very carefully on how long that product is going to last you. Obviously, you must be mindful of how much you use, how you're going to store it, best before date, etc. But if you do use a lot of it, that is one solution. Go and buy yourself a three and a half kilogram jar from Go Hugo's. They still had stock when I checked this morning. A couple of my friends have bought some of them, I have to say, and have sent me photographs, Wendy, and arrived within a day or two of the order. Okay. Absolutely gigantic yes. jars. I can't imagine ever meeting, well, eating that much. Yes, the thing. You hey. could go in with some friends or family members well, exactly. who have the same love of Hellman's and then you share the cost and then to be the up expiry date, jars. best before date, we're going to be talking about to such next dates week, next yes. week. Um, but um, yeah, then it's, it's, it's a good idea. So I finished, a, coincidentally, yeah. the last of my last jar at the weekend. <laughs> well, so there we go. Maybe so you and I should check. Maybe we should buy. <laughs> we're going to need four or five other people because yes. I use about one jar a month at the most. Uh, but, but there we go. And you can thank me in uh, toasted chicken mayo and brown bread with gherkins. Okay, just saying. Um, there we go. If you are absolutely desperate for one last taste of the Hellman's, you can find the very large catering size jars uh, on Go Hugo's online grocery platform. They only deliver in the Cape Town area, if I'm not mistaken. And I know they do make a plan to go a little bit further afield, but essentially it's a Cape Town supplier. So keep it as a secret just between us. <laughs> okay, we will, after the news, take a look at, well, revisiting the subject we've spoken about before. What are you entitled to if what is the price printed on the shelf in the grocery store differs from the price that scans at the till? A listener of ours heard a previous conversation about it, kind of misremembered what Wendy had told us that day and fought her case Quite strangely, successfully, even though she was arguing a little bit on the wrong platform. We'll explain after the 2.30 Eyewitness News and remind you what the actual requirement in law is when there is that differential between what scans at the till versus what is printed on the shelf in the grocery store. If it's happened to you and you want to tell us about the outcome, give us a call on 021-446-0567. Okay, well, we have another exploding toilet on the SOS line, Wendy. Somebody's saying, I'm listening to this chat about the exploding... No, but you know what I mean. It's it's not an anomaly. I experienced the same situation in early January, says Anonymous. I had no water for a few days, followed by a hissing from all of the pipes, etc., and then the exploding loo. My concerns are that I rent a flat in a medium block. How would I approach the situation if it happens again in the future? Well, you said again, run if there's been no water for a period and it's coming back... Don't let flushing the loo be the first, the first thing you do. Thing you do with the restored water supply. So okay. run the taps in your bath, hot and cold, or shower um, until you hear that you will hear the the air escaping through those taps. And when you when it's a smooth supply, you know normal service resumed, then yeah. then flush your loo. But, I mean, I, it's a natural thing to do if you've you know don't not to be too graphic, but if you haven't had a water supply all day. Um, the first thing you want you to want do. to yeah. flush the loo. Yeah. Um, so, but yeah, rather just just wait Run the until taps you've a little bit first. Open the taps first. Yes. Okay. Thank you. Somebody also telling me on the WhatsApp you can apparently install an automatic air release valve, which sounds like a practical thing okay. to do. Okay. Something that that you the plumber didn't new... mention, but yeah, it, okay. it would seem for no cost or effort, you could just run the taps first, and uh, assuming you remember to do it. That's yeah. the million dollar question. Yeah. You know you're getting old when yes. you no longer remember <laughs> tips like that, yes. Wendy Nola. Cape Talk. Consumer Talk. Call now on 021 446 0567. 
Now, the next subject is one we have tackled before. It's the question of what you are entitled to if an item in the store scans at a different price at the till from what was printed on the shelf. We've spoken about it before. We have some chains offer compensation in addition to just honoring the original price. But one of our listeners kind of misremembered what we'd said with a quite surprising result. Before we talk about it, let's take a listen to the voice note she sent us. Hi there, Pippa. Um, I'd just like to say thank you to Wendy for enlightening us some time back regarding getting refunds of overpriced items if the shelf price is lower than what the item is scanning. I had an incident this morning at Pick and Pay where um, I was being overcharged 17-odd rand for feta cheese. Um, and so I went to the tills and she said, oh, she'll give me back the 17 rand. I said, no, no, I think it's double the money back. No, 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 we don't do that. So I said, no, no, I do know that the CPA law and the Consumer Acts, apparently it is supposed to be double the money back. And eventually she said, yes, 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 we'll give you double the money back. Um, I wanted a picture just of the little item that showed the lower price and she said no 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 we'll give you the money back then so then afterwards having chatted to her she said only if you insist will they give you double the money back otherwise they only give you back the difference so thank you to you um i could make my voice heard and uh, really appreciate it maybe share it for more people thanks a lot of cheryl where did <laughs> we're laughing because nobody actually got it right no. in this case did they no not in <laughs> any respect no um so um, firstly, neither Cheryl nor that manager appear to know the wrong price rules or the difference between what is a legal requirement in terms of the price that you should pay and a company's voluntary wrong price compensation policy. So I'm going to summarize it. Once you've put your groceries on the checkout counter, if an item scans at a higher price at the till than it did then it was displayed on the corresponding label at the shelf. And I say corresponding because sometimes it's misplacement and you yep. think the price is because the goods you're taking off the shelf sit above that price. It's actually not. It's for. So you bought the Dover Egbert's coffee, which was actually perched above the Nescafe price it, price tag, for t- example. Typical example, yeah. okay. yes. Or yeah. a different size jar yeah. of okay. the same product. Um so once you've, when that happens, you are legally entitled to pay the lower price, no matter how grumpy the people in the line behind you are, because you've now called the manager Talk, and want taking them. time. Okay. Yeah. So the the and these are normally just management inefficiencies. So the promotional price that was advertised and put on the shelf wasn't programmed into the till, um, and and most of the time the store gets away with it because it requires the shopper to remember what the shelf price tag was, to notice the discrepancy at the till, um, and then to raise it. And if they get any pushback, often people will just, you know, whatever. Yeah, because it's, you know, there are people behind them in the queue. Um, I always say, don't be embarrassed to speak up. Ask for a manager and insist on the item being given at the lower price. So, 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 so just again, that is what you're entitled to in law and only that, that yes, if it so was priced at 17 rand and scanned at 20 rand, you have the right to buy it at 17 rand. Absolutely. So that's what, and that's all that the law promises. That's all, that's, okay. that's all that Cheryl was, was legally required. Unfortunately, she didn't, I wish she'd given us more detail. She said it was 17 rand too much, which is a huge discrepancy. That's a big difference, yeah. So I'd love to have known what she what it scanned at and what the um, the, the the shelf price was, but yeah. we we don't know that, so I can't do all the sums on this way on this one. Um, but suffice to say, there's nothing in the CPA that would have entitled Cheryl to 
um, demand double the correct price of the product as compensation. Okay. So where the confusion comes in is that two major supermarket groups, Pick and Pay and Woolworths, have gone one step further on the wrong price scanned issue. And they actually compensate customers, um, again, those that do notice and point out the discrepancy. And I have to say, many who do then complain to me that the manager just um, said, Didn't no, we don't do that. And yeah. then I take it up with head office and I say, have you stopped this now? And they always say no and we'll do some retraining. But it's the worst um, it's the best kept secret to a lot of customers and and management themselves, <laughs> or else they're just claiming fe- feigning ignorance. But yeah. anyway, um, I think it's fair to say the stores aren't doing enough to publicise their own policy. So Woolworths yeah. gives the first item to, that scans wrong or too high, they give that to the customer free, and any other identical ones that they happen to have in their trolley or basket at the lower price. Woolworths began, they began this compensation policy, which Woolworths then copied. But after Woolworths had copied it, giving the first item free, Woolworths diluted their policy. Sorry, you've got Woolworths everywhere there. So you said Woolworths was the first one, did pick and pay then then copy it? Did I? Or was it the other way around? No, okay. No, um, Woolworths was, no, pick and pay was first. Okay. Okay. and they gave the first item free if it scanned wrong. I then pretty much bullied Woolworths into doing the same thing because a lot of their three for the price of two specials were, were, we're scanning, scanning wrong. Yeah, yeah. Okay. so um, they followed that. And it's not just their food. It's throughout this, this, the departments, okay. the, the homeware, uh, clothes, etc. Then pick and pay downgraded down or diluted their policy. Um, okay. I'm sorry if I'm adding to the confusion. And they came up with the double the difference policy which goes like this if any item scans at a higher price than displayed on shelf and the barcode corresponds we will give you the item at the marked price in other words the lower price plus double the difference off the first item and subsequent items at the lower price so Cheryl she said the price discrepancy was 17 rand which is huge so she would have been entitled to double that which is 34 rand off the marked price. Not the same, double the actual price of the time. Not double the actual. Yeah. I don't know what the difference would be because, as I say, I don't have the all the the, the prices. I just all she shared with us was the the price difference. It's, yeah. Um. But yes. Um. She. <laughs> so she, she got a bit more of a windfall than she was actually entitled yes, to. Yes, and the manager short, yeah. clearly doesn't know her own policy. Her, her, the company's own policy on that. And you know what? It would help if they put signs in the store. Then nobody would be confused, be confused. but they don't. You know, they used you, to, but I haven't seen one for years. I have a, a, a memory jerking around in the back of my head of a pick and pay ad actually advertising the double the difference. They used to. Um, it used to policy. be every time. It I used to be, it was either a radio or a TV ad. At some point, I'm going back a long way now, but I haven't and, seen and or heard that for a long time. They, I yeah. remember the pick and pay hypermarket in Durban North, which I used to frequent yeah. a lot. They had that notice at every till at one stage. So if it scans wrong, you as the customer you get, get double, double the, difference. the difference. Okay, And they had ads everywhere and they keep quiet now. I, I think... I don't know if they don't want to. They're worried about the bad press if they say we're scrapping it, <laughs> but yep. but it is it is definitely I think fair to say that two things it hasn't been scrapped by either Woolworths or Pick and Pay, and okay. it's important to know that they aren't the same policies. Um, and it's it's also fair to say that it, it, they are quite hush hush about, about it, and a lot of the store managers have no idea about the policy and and misapply it or deny it. 
uh, to shoppers who raise the price discrepancy. Okay, so again, if you're at pick and pay and it happens, you're entitled to double the difference between the, the price discrepancy. If you're at Woolies, the first one scans uh, that you get is free, the second one is at the lower price. And again, the CPA only promises you that if it was on the shelf at 16 Rand and it's scanned at 18 Rand, you're entitled to buy the product at 16 Rand. Yeah, I don't want to complicate it, but it's not specifically yeah. in the CPA. It was something yeah. that I raised. The CPA only talks about a, 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 the wrong price. If it was an obvious mistake, then you're yeah. entitled uh, uh, then the store doesn't have to pay it to you, but uh, give it to you at the lower price. But this isn't that. This is just failure to, to update um, your system yes. to reflect the, accurate pricing. The then yeah. um, Consumer Goods and Services Ombudsman, uh, Neville Melville, uh, interrogated this with him um, at length. And he said in the supermarket situation, once you put the goods onto the cash the pay point, the uh, conveyor belt, or whatever, desk, it, is, whatever it is, yes, yeah. that contract is concluded, and so you are definitely entitled to it at the lower price, um, as advertised on and the that's, shelf. Okay. Yes, so so that's what you should demand, and you have a legal right to that. Um, I believe we've got another voice note on this subject. Listen. Let's take a listen. Last week I was at Discam, and the the product that I wanted to buy, oats. Um, was marked 64 rand on the shelf and at the toll it scanned for 85 mm, rand yep. so I queried that and they went to the shelf and did confirm that the label did in fact state the name and the weight of the product correctly but um, the barcodes were different and the barcode on the label on the shelf was minute it was so tiny i wasn't able to read it so they just said no unfortunately they cannot give it to me at the price um on the shelf because they just don't do that anymore anymore they're not allowed to so i have they're to pay allowed. the the price okay so it should be um both these uh, voluntary wrong price compensation policies we've just been speaking about on behalf of Pick and Pay and Woolworths, they, they do say it must be the same barcode for obvious reasons. But in that case, when the barcode is so tiny and the pr- and the price is misleading, so the, the shelf price is wrong, you'd think as a, um, a gesture, of goodwill. A gesture of goodwill. And also, I think if I had to speak to that ombudsman about this scenario, he'd say, mm, you can't expect the... the, the um, shopper to be guided by a very a tiny minuscule. number minuscule and the price itself is wrong you, you, you it's that's not um that's not fair on the consumer to say well look it's you've put a misleading price there if it's wrong correct your correct, correct your, your barcodes yeah correct your barcodes correct your your signage your your, yeah. your price tag so um I would certainly have pushed back very hard on that one. One listener WhatsApping to say in their branch of pick and pay, there definitely is a sign up at the information oh, desk. Good That's know. good to know. I don't know which branch that is, but well done to them. Please for tell us. Being up go and take a photo. Us. Yeah, that would be great to know. Maybe send us a follow up. And I believe we've also got a new uh, voice note that's come in from Cheryl updating us oh, great. on the feta cheese story that actually got this ball rolling. Let's take a listen to that. Hi there, Pippa and Wendy. It's Cheryl here. Um, just an update on the discussion you're having about pick and pay and the refund policy. It was, in fact, it was feta cheese that um, the shelf price was $64.99, say for argument's sake, and the special offer was at 49 rand something. Okay, so the difference okay. between the um, shelf price and which charged at the till 
and the little um, tag that they've got on the shelf with the special promo was the 17 Rand. And it's in fact that 17 Rand that I demanded double of um, to get it back. So I got 34 Rand back. So no, they didn't give me the product itself, the value double. It was the difference in the promo price and the full price that scanned at the toll. Thanks a lot for... Uh, okay, so Cheryl. thank okay. you, Cheryl. So it worked as it was meant to work. She didn't say yeah. that. She said okay. double. It was confusing okay. the way she said it. Thank but you that's for good to know. So uh, my sum came to 31 Rand, so the feta cheese must have been not quite 65, but... but and it yes, was a special offer that clearly just hadn't been updated on the toll system. Exactly, then. which okay. is very common. Cheryl, thank you for, for the oh, clarity on that. That's good to know that the policy okay. then was working as it was intended to. Okay, very, very short break, and then we're back with, a, for once, a positive story on an airline refund. Cape Talk. Consumer Talk. Email Wendy on consumer at nola.co.za. Right, I think we've got time to squeeze in one more story before the end of the show. And for once, it is a happy story with a happy ending of a refund from an airline that actually came through. Uh, Wendy, it's also around the subject of consumer compensation when things don't go the way they're meant to. What happened in this case? It started out quite well. Quite well as a rescue. So last November, listener Rachel Kennedy, Kennedy rather, was due to fly from Cape Town to London on a Virgin Atlantic flight, but it was cancelled. She was put on the next Virgin Active flight the, the following day, but airline staff on the ground told her that she was due around £520 as compensation for that cancelled flight and that she should apply for it, which is rather nice because she probably wouldn't have thought to do that otherwise. So she did just that. Um, got her hopes up because it's around 10,000 rand. Oh, yeah. And she just never got it. That was since November, right? So she says, I wrote several times in December and January asking for a progress update. Um, I've tried to contact them on Facebook. I've tried to call the Virgin Atlantic number in Joburg. All I get is an automated response telling me to go online or to contact their bot. I tried the customer service on the international number and all I got was the bot. I tried the bot, but the only service it offers is rebooking. The last few times I emailed them, I didn't even get an automated response. I'm getting really furious. I don't know how to move forward with my claim. It's for over 10,000 rand, she says, and I don't want to let it slide as they have admitted that they owe me. And quite frankly, I could do with the money. Do you have any advice for me or a contact person I can speak to? Or can you pull any strings to help me? (laughs) So I didn't have any established. I used to, but I haven't, I didn't have any current um, media liaison contacts with the airline. So I went onto the website um, and I email, I found an email address for their London-based media liaison service. Um, and I took up the case and said, why hasn't the refund happened? But a week later, I got a response saying our teams reached out to Ms. Kennedy today, apologize for the delay. This has now been resolved and her payment has been prioritized and will be on its way to her shortly. So I shared that with Rachel, who said, yes, Beth from Virgin Atlantic has been in touch with me and taken my banking info, which they would have had. Yeah. She's promised me payment ASAP. Apparently, there was a staff change in the refund department and I got lost in the system. Oh, come on. She was very sweet and I certainly wouldn't have had a resolution if it hadn't been for you. So a huge, huge thank you. And that's the thing. I mean, first of all, so often with airlines, especially international ones, um, you can't access them. You can't have a conversation. It's the bot. It's this. You don't you get never an answer. get to a human being. Yeah. I can understand a frustration, and I would have reached out for help a lot sooner. I mean, yeah. this has been going on since November. Um, and then to hear, well, there was a staff change, which makes you think if she hadn't come to me, 
that refund would never have happened. Yeah. Or if she hadn't sought external help, maybe from the ombudsman. But it's much harder when the company's based outside of the country. To get that They kind don't of feel quite yeah. as um, invested or, or um, what's the word, um, responsible or, um, or, or uh, God, words gone out of my head. But, um, yeah, well done for them to come for to Virgin Atlantic for coming through on this one via the media media division, but it is alarming that she would have just been left emailing into a vacuum and just not getting never getting any ten thousand rand plus that she was entitled to. Yeah. Also, just the, I mean, for me, the big takeaway is if you're in the position of being put on the next flight and having had yours cancelled, ask the questions about what compensation exactly. you're Especially entitled to. Especially an international airline. Because if, if if not for that staff member saying to her, you're yeah. due five hundred and twenty pounds, she might not have known. It's it's EU based airlines. Ah, they okay. have it. it's an EU policy. So it's okay. Good to so let know. that be yes. be in your head for next Recourse time you travel. Recourse was the word I was looking for. Okay. Um, yeah, she, she. What recourse? She was supposedly she was due this money, as we said. But if you can't actually engage with a company after you submitted your form and months are going by, I mean, it really doesn't. It, it's not. It's not a recourse in reality. If you're not going to be able to get it. Well, thank you very much for for taking up the case on behalf of Rachel, and I'm really glad that in this case, at least, it had a happy ending. Okay, I think we can finish with a very quick one that came in from Chris. And Chris, apologies, I know you mailed us this question a couple of weeks ago, and it's been on my list to try and get to in open line without success, but we have the time now. Chris's question, Wendy, is if you don't pay your TV license, how much interest are they allowed to charge? Isn't there a law that states that interest cannot exceed the initial debt? Uh, Chris is referring there to the Indoplum rule, and it's you can't be made to pay more than double the initial uh, debt. So I don't know whether he's reached that point. I suspect not. I suspect, okay. yeah, he's probably gone over the amount of the initial debt. It's so it, it's the total yeah. amount. So with interest and charges and everything else, that you can't be made to pay double what you more than double than what you originally owed. So the interest and fees can't can't be more than can't be more than the same amount. So that the total amount you pay back um, can't be more than double yeah. the amount of the original yeah. debt. Yeah. Okay, Chris. Uh, yeah. Okay. Well, good luck. And <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm, I'm just smiling with with a wry smile at the thought of having to deal with the TV license department, which we know is a painful process at the best of times. So good luck to you. Wendy, okay, in closing, um, I see a listener calling with a flight problem asking for help. We're not going to have time to be able to put that call to air with just one minute left, but it's a good opportunity to remind listeners yes. how to reach you if they do want to raise a case with you, particularly one that's going to require some some research, Wendy. Yes, the, it's the email address, which is no... What is it? Consumer. Consumer. <laughs> I don't email myself. This is why I always tell guests to bring notes. Consumer. Oh, consumer at, Nola. at nola.co.za. And Nola spelled K N O W. L-E-R. Because she knows a lot about consumer just, affairs. Just not my own email address. Just not my email address. <laughs> consumer at nola.co.za. You're also welcome to CC me or mail me and ask me to forward it to Wendy, Pippa H at capetalk.co.za. As always, a plea to put the words Cape Talk in the subject line uh, and to... Include everything to do with your case in one email. Please don't send us a chain of six mails with attachments and, and forwarded emails, etc. please et no massive photographs um, and attachments because my I'm right at the capacity of my inbox. Your bandwidth on your in, uh, oh your, yeah, in, your size yeah. of your inbox. Okay. So I'm constantly culling and these huge 
you know, 32 gigabyte things don't help. Okay, so think about what would Wendy need in order to immediately act on this complaint. If it's a cell phone complaint, what's your cell phone number? If it's an SABC TV license, what is your customer number, etc. Put all of it in that original e- email. Don't start with the will you help me. Just send it to email uh, to Wendy asking for help and she'll do her best to get to as many of them as she can. She'll be back with us next week, Wednesday. And Wendy, always great to have you with us. Thank you. Thanks, Krippa.